Welcome to Like Treason News, pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I am your host, Allison Kilkenny, flying solo for, oh man, the first time ever, you guys, in my long, long history of hosting podcasts. That's over 10 years, baby. Oh, she's old. Never hosted the show on my own until this moment. Can you believe it? Listen, if you're hearing the podcast right now and you're freaking out and you're like, I don't like this. Why is it just Allison? Who is she going to talk to for an hour? Myself, bitch. And you guys, of course. Um, Don't freak out. This is just an experiment. It won't always be this way. Eventually, there will be co-hosts again. Mama's just very busy right now and does not have time to coordinate schedules. Because sometimes, and I'm sure you guys know this from trying to organize things, trying to hang out with your friends, your friends flake a lot. Uh, Sometimes it's valid. They're busy. Life is messy, all that stuff. So not shading anybody, but... There, truly, last week, trying to find a co-host was a nightmare. So I was like, why am I doing this? I can just, I can fly solo once in a while when schedules are not working, you know? So after you hear this episode, send me your thoughts. Hashtag Light Trees and Pod on Twitter. You can be honest, it's okay. I must say, you guys have been very sweet and supportive of the idea of me hosting on my own. Because I was like, is this nuts? Is this going to be very weird? Is it going to be me talking to the cats a lot? Which, yes, spoiler, it will be. Um, but I didn't know if it would, if it would, sh- you know, like, shook people. So uh, what I've heard so far is you guys are very supportive of the idea. So I thank you. Penny is immediately in my grill. Like, we are two and a half minutes into this episode, and she is an inch from my face. What? What? You can't do this when there's no co-host. Well, now I look like an asshole. All right. Sorry, guys. Immediately distracted. So if you're new to Light Trees and News, here's the structure of the show. It is divided into thirds. I talk about pop culture up top. And then we get into your bad news. Uh Uh-oh. But don't worry. We end things with good news. So pop culture. This is very weird, guys. I don't know if you can tell. I'm just like, "Mm." Uh, it's fine, right? It'll be fine. Shut up. Stop thinking or stop speaking your thoughts. Okay, so I just got back from seeing us. No spoilers. Don't worry. Don't freak out. Oh, she's so good, guys. It's very, very good. It's very scary. Um, I was sitting next to this older white woman who uh, I don't know if she had never seen a Jordan Peele film or maybe just didn't understand what she was getting herself into. But several times she just went, oh, no, I don't like this. Uh, and I don't think she meant she didn't like the film. I think she was so scared she was just verbalizing everything she was feeling. And she was like, oh, no, no, thank you. I'd like to send this one back, this one scare back. It's too much. Um, so that was very, very fun. Do try to see it in the movie theater and go when it's going to be crowded because oh, I love seeing Jordan Peele films with a big crowd. Especially a big, like, very verbal crowd (laughs) because uh, it makes it really fun and also less scary if you see it with a group of people. So, oh, and Lupita Nyong'o, we don't deserve her. We truly don't. Winston Duke also don't deserve him. Uh, But she is magnificent in it. She's, like, she acts her butt off in everything she's in, but it's a surprisingly challenging role considering... It's a horror film. And, you know, like, I don't want to shit on horror because I think horror is an underrated genre as is. But she's got range in this. Elizabeth Moss is in it, too, and is very good and is a very funny character. Again, no spoilers. But I can't wait till I can actually talk about this film without spoiling it for you because I have a lot of feelings about it. But I don't want to um, ruin it for you guys. Go see it. What are your thoughts? Hashtag light trees and pod also oh buddy i realize i'm gonna have to pause because usually i take my water breaks when the co-host is talking and now i just have to ramble for an hour (laughs) listen she's working out the rhythm so also uh another recce rec i have for you guys 
is, have you guys seen, oh, before I get into anything else, uh, I'm so dumb. I have this in my notes to say up top. Very exciting announcement. If you are a Patreon supporter of mine, patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny, and truly at any tier of support, even if you just give a dollar a month, you can go watch the short I wrote that was directed by Hillary Brown, uh, shot by Kevin Cabey. Uh, we had a great cast and crew that I credit on the post about it, but our short is done. It's it's a short short. It's like 16 minutes. You can go watch it right now and uh, send your thoughts. Some people have already started commenting, and I wanted to shout them out because I always love hearing from you guys. Um, Shari commented, did anyone else want to scream, don't go in the box? Love it. Uh, yes, everyone. We had a very long conversation about that, actually, <laughs> when we were filming it, where Tessa Hirsch, who plays Helen, and Tessa's wonderful, you should go follow her and support everything she does. She's going to blow up and be very, very famous pretty soon, probably, uh, according to my estimates. But we were shooting the scene in the basement, and she's like, can I – what – why does Helen get in the box? Like we, we talked about it for a while uh, about motivation and stuff like that. But yeah, that that's the exact response I wanted you to have. I wanted you to be like, Helen, no, don't get in that fucking box. Because um, those are always my favorite horror moments where you're kind of like, what the fuck is this person doing? So do go watch that. Do go comment. And yeah, I just wanted to thank you guys because part of the reason I had a Patreon was to fund that short. And now we're submitting it to festivals and stuff, which is very expensive. Did you know? Uh, everything costs money. Nothing's free. So even if we're submitting it to festivals, we have to pay. So your support is continuing, continuing to bankroll that. So thank you. Uh, and again, if you're a fan of the show, if you're a fan of all of my little side projects, you can support me for as little as a dollar a month at my Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny, or go to lighttreason.news and smash that donate button if you want to keep this little podcast a-going. Um, but yeah, I I can't thank you enough for for supporting me because that's the reason Hum got made. And it listen, guys. I don't want to humble brag, so I'll just overtly brag. It looks good. It's really, really well done. Like, I knew my friends were talented, but I was like, oh, they're, like, very talented. <laughs> um, so, you know, if you want to shout out Hillary and Kevin, too, they're the reason it looks so good. Ooh, that scene in the basement, it's so well lit. If you're a horror fan, do check it out. So that was the announcement I wanted to make. Also, back to Rex. Penny, what is the deal? What is happening? What is happening? What? Well, you can't be the co-host. Mommy's, mommy's hosting. Thank you. Sorry, everybody. Uh, have we seen the Stranger, three, uh, Stranger Things Season 3 trailer? Yes or no? What are your thoughts? Wh is it me or were people very subdued about it on Twitter? I thought Twitter would fucking explode. Maybe I missed it because I'm not on Twitter as much as I used to be back in the day when I was um, a deeply unhappy person. <laughs> I was constantly on Twitter. It depresses you. Um, but I didn't see people freaking out as much as I thought they would. I loved it. I thought it was really well done. I thought the music was great. Love all of the costume choices. W seeing Steve, Penny is fully in my face right now. What is happening? What do you want? Okay. So, oh, seeing Steve working in the ice cream parlor. Come on. Who is sticking that giant needle in his neck in the trailer? I don't care for it. Leave Steve alone. All he does is try to hang out with young boys. Is that weird? I mean, it would be if it was anybody other than Steve. But because it's Steve, we not only tolerate it, we love it. We're like, yes, grown man. Because by this season, he's pretty much a grown man. Yes, grown man, hang out with those children. We love it. It's charming. So also in my Recky Rex section, Queer Eye, listen. I truly thought, okay, Allison, this is season three of the reboot of Queer Eye. 
you know what the formula is. Just get through an episode without ugly crying. And I was unsuccessful. Every single episode made me cry. I, you know when it happens, I'm like, stay strong. You know the formula. Don't let them emotionally manipulate you. Uh, and then Karamo hugs somebody and I start bawling. It's just so good. And there's an episode, uh, I don't, can you spoil Queer Eye? I don't know. But there's an episode with the Jones sisters who are two women who own a barbecue joint in the South. And it's so good. And I was so happy to hear that. I was nervous because part of what the Fab Five are doing for the Jones sisters is like updating their business. And I was like, oh, no, are they going to ruin what makes this place so authentic and cool? And they didn't. And in fact, since then, uh, part of what they did for the sisters was get them to bottle their father's barbecue sauce recipe. They sold 11,000 bottles because they got to promote it on Queer Eyes. So it financially benefited them. So I thought that was great. It was a rare example, I think, of a TV show making something better. <laughs> and I was like, cool. Uh, nobody ruin it. Also, in recommendations, I'd like to shout out my roommate, my friend, um, comedy soulmate, Chloe Patterson, uh, who gave me her Hulu password login information. Because mama's got no money. And I was able to watch Shrill, which is great. Is it perfect? No. There, there is room for improvement. But there's an episode where Eddie Bryant, who is playing Lindy West, goes to a pool party. And that moment is near perfect, I would say. Hopefully... If they get more seasons, which I would hope they're going to be renewed. It seems like it's doing well. So I don't think there's a reason why they wouldn't get renewed. Hopefully they'll get to explore the other characters, including her roommate, who is a queer woman of color. Really cool character. Very interesting. But they barely scratch the surface with her. And uh, they certainly don't really explore, like, her queerness very much. So hopefully they'll be able to explore. That. I'm very sympathetic uh, towards the writers because I know you, you can't do that in a pilot and sometimes the first season. Like, there's just not enough time. You have to explore the, the main character. So I get why they didn't do that. Uh, but hopefully, you know, I trust them. They, they seem to be making good calls other than that. So I'm sure in subsequent seasons they'll, they'll explore those characters, which will just make the world that much more richer. That was really, for me, when uh, the magicians took off. Uh, once we got away from the, the white male protagonist um, and we started exploring the other characters, then the world became much more interesting. Weird how that tends to happen, right? When you, you explore other people who are not your, your cis white male protagonist, the world becomes a much more interesting place. Huh. Weird. Oh, I, this is kind of an anti-rec. No, it's an anti-rec. I stand by it. Fuck everybody. I don't like The Inventor, which is the HBO documentary about Liz Elizabeth Holmes. But I don't like it. Sorry, everybody. If you are interested in Elizabeth Holmes, which I am, because much like my obsession with true crime, I am fascinated by uh, bad people <laughs> and like why they do bad things. I'm, I'm very fascinated by uh, like compulsive liars and psychopaths. Um, sorry, I know some people don't like that term, but... But I don't know a, a better term for it. People with borderline personality disorders? I don't know. I, I don't want to start listing things and conflating them and just um, becoming more and more wrong during each passing minute. But I, I'm interested in people who do things that, like, I get a lot of anxiety if I have to lie. Even if it's, like, a white lie. Like, say we're planning a surprise party for someone and if I have to see that person and lie to them about like where we're going or what's happening I get a lot of anxiety because I don't like lying to people 
So I'm fascinated by people who lie on like a very big scale because I think I would have a heart attack if I had to do that. But I'm interested in by people who can do it. Not only can they do it with like a smile on their face, but they actually believe the lie. So that is Elizabeth Holmes. I I don't think she thought she was swindling people. I think she because there would have been uh, other ways to do that, that that didn't involve like people's health. I think she truly, truly thought that the technology the technology would catch up with her promises eventually, and it of course it didn't because she didn't know what the fuck she was doing, and there was no way they were going to make that machine work anyway. This is to say that if you are also interested in Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes, listen to the Bad Blood podcast because you're going to get all the same information. You'll get more information. You'll get a less sympathetic attitude towards Elizabeth Holmes because I thought the documentary was way too sympathetic towards her. Not only that, the way it glorified Silicon Valley uh, in, in the way they presented like good Silicon Valley, which is like um, Elon Musk and Google and Facebook versus bad Silicon Valley, which is Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes. That that dichotomy I thought was bullshit, where I was like, listen, m- most major companies lie, <laughs> right? We, we know Facebook lies all the time to the public. Um, most of them don't pay their fair share in taxes. It's a whole racket, the whole thing. So I didn't I didn't appreciate the way it was sort of presented as like she was trying to be one of the good tech companies, but or the good Silicon Valley companies, but she ended up being one of the bad Silicon Valley. It's all bad. It's all bullshit. Um Elizabeth Holmes is interesting because she got a pass for so long. I mean, A, she she was a privileged, um, pretty white lady. A uh, pretty blonde white lady, the best kind of pretty white lady. So everybody listened to her. A lot of people are focusing on her voice, which she she deepened significantly as part of like her whole um, pretending to be Steve Jobs act, which is very very weird, including his black turtlenecks. But yeah, I mean, it, it's so interesting because the whole thing was a lie and she got, I think one of the best parts of the Elizabeth Holmes story is how she got like major people like Henry Kissinger uh, to support her. And they ended up looking like a pack of dum-dums because she's a con artist. And that I find very funny. Like uh, any anybody who can humiliate Henry <laughs> Kissinger, I'm, I'm like, Okay, that that's pretty funny. Not to excuse her, uh, she should obviously be punished for what she did because <clears throat> she could have killed people, and that's really—I don't think the documentary stresses that enough. Where it's like she could have killed people. People were going to get tested at these Theranos machines for very serious conditions that these pieces of shit would not have detected. So if you if you went to get your blood drawn and you were like oh i i wonder if i should do a screening for cancer or something if those machines had not been pulled out of stores people could have started dying and and that's really you know the the crux of the matter so that's my anti-rec slash wreck because uh go listen to the bad blood podcast right all right guys I think that's enough recommendations. I don't want to overwhelm you at the top of the show. But while we're talking about Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos, that's some bad stuff, right? Well, perfect segue. Here's your bad news. I just realized something. What if the worst realization is that instead of being very bad at hosting the podcast on my own, I'm very good at it? Because what does that say about me? If I'm like, ah, damn, I love my own company. Am I a full narcissist? If if I'm like, I don't need a co-host. I don't know. What are your thoughts? What's up with my brain? Hashtag light trees and pod. All right, so bad news, everybody. I guess let's start with, oh, yeah, I wanted to yell about that. 
I don't know. <sighs> Is this dumb? I was going to put it in the pop culture section. J.K. Rowling, can you stop it, please? Uh, she revealed that Dumbledore and Grindelwald had an, quote-unquote, incredibly intense sexual relationship that she never explores in the books and they won't explore in the movies. So what the fuck is the point of saying that, J.K. Rowling? It's just this bullshit, pink-washing, revisionist horseshit that people are really, really tired of, especially the LGBT community, not to speak on their behalf, but I understand their point of view, and I wanted to talk about it where it's like, if this is indeed true, if it is important to the story, write about it. Show it in the movie. And for people who are like, but they're kids' books. You can't talk about... Yes, you can. It's sexuality. It's it's a normal part of sexuality. You absolutely... You don't have to have graphic sex scenes, but you can make Dumbledore's sexual orientation relevant as opposed to just dropping that tidbit a decade after any of the books came out to be like, oh, by the way, he was gay the whole time. He was seeker gay and you never knew it. Ha ha, snuck it past you. Because it's just J.K. Rowling trying to make her books seem more progressive than they actually were. Dumbledore was not gay in the books because Dumbledore was not gay until it occurred to you many years later that you didn't really have a rich mosaic of sexualities represented in the Harry Potter books, and you're trying to make the books seem more interesting than they actually were. It's sort of like J.K. Rowling writing fan fiction about her own books, which is weird to think about. Um, but, yeah, I don't... I It really grossed me out. She's just terrible in general. She's a turf, and this bullshit and fucking Johnny Depp's in the, the movies now. And I'm like, oh, I hate what, I hate every layer of this, you know? The more I learn, the more I'm like, gross, 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 gross. And I wanted to talk about that in the pop culture section, but I'm so mad about it. We're talking about it in the regular bad news section, okay? So everybody can fucking deal. I don't know. What do you think? That is one aspect of not, having a co-host that I'm just like, I'm going to be asking you guys a lot more to hear what you think. Cause I'm like, otherwise I truly will just feel like I'm shouting into a void, which I guess I kind of am, which I guess we all kind of are. Wow. So also in bad news, did you guys see, this is wild. So in Indiana, there is like a program to train teachers what to do during an active shooter scenario. And if you hear a noise in the background, it's Penny frantically trying to scratch her head, but she's wearing a cone. Just so you're not like, what is happening? Um, so yeah, it's this, it's this program to train teachers about what to do during an active shooter uh, situation. And the Indiana State Teachers Association was tweeting about what that actually entails. Because when you first hear that, I'm sure a lot of you have experienced this. Um, when you're in school, oh my God, Penny's on the desk. Penny, get down, please. Penny, Penny, please. Thank you. Um, when you're in school and there's one of these drills, they'll like lock the doors uh, maybe you get on your desk. It, I think it varies from school to school, but uh, sadly, we're all very used to those kind of drills. <laughs> this went even further, where a teacher, or I guess multiple teachers, were injured because part of this drill entailed them being shot in the backs by plastic pellets. I am sorry, this drill has an execution component. And I know it seems weird to draw the line between, yeah, this isn't your run-of-the-mill active shooter drill. Um, sorry, I rhymed. You know what I mean? Like, both are absurd. Both are so fucking dystopian. It's so sad that, like, especially when you see kindergartners or preschoolers doing these kind of drills, you realize what a sick fucking society we are. But this is one of those, like, 
helpful illustrative moments where it goes just a little further and everybody's like, whoa, 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 what's happening? They shot teachers in the back with plastic pellets because it is so likely that one day somebody will walk in and try to murder them while they're teaching children. And it's like, oh my, like, at what point are we going to pause and just be like, what the fuck are we doing right now? I'm sorry, what's happening right now? Are we actually doing this? The Indiana State Teachers Association tweeted, during active shooter drill, four teachers at a time were taken into a room, told to crouch down, and were shot execution style with some sort of projectiles resulting in injuries to the extent that welts appeared and blood was drawn. What? Like, teachers already are so overworked, so underpaid, so undervalued, and now we're going to take them to a room to pretend to murder them? Like, I, I just, it, this really, really blew my mind when I saw it, and I was just like, oh my god, what the fuck is wrong with us? So, also in bad news, guys, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A's bad. I, I, I know, you know what I was about to say? I'm preaching to the choir with you guys, but I don't know if that's necessarily true because I'm not going to name names, mostly because you'll have no idea who I'm talking about, but there are people that I know in the improv community who like off the record on the DL we're like listen I know Chick-fil-A's bad but their chicken's so fucking good I still eat there and it's really infuriating <laughs> because there's a a story that just came out that says yes um they are still very militantly anti-LGBTQ and they donate millions of dollars every year to anti-LGBTQ organizations. This has always been their policy. This is, this is their legacy. They continue to be this way. And that's one thing, but to see people still be like, yeah, I know it's bad, but does it really matter if like I go just once or twice a year? Yes, it is very bad. Do not go to Chick-fil-A. Shame your friends if they go to Chick-fil-A. They are an anti-LGBTQ business. And every dollar you give them goes towards their efforts to, say, oppose same-sex marriage. And I know it's tempting to be like, well, so what if I don't go? It won't really impact Chick-fil-A because it's a very successful business so many people still go to it but if enough people feel that way nothing changes versus if enough people start boycotting then it actually will have some influence on on their business which is what we want right we want them to go out of business uh guys that whole time penny was desperately trying to get on my lap i think she knows that i don't have a co-host and she's like this is my moment i have been training for this moment for, mm, how long have I had you, Penny? Nine years? It's it's Penny's time to shine. And you know what? No, I'm not going to let her. So, also in bad news. Ugh, guys. The federal government, this is from revealnews.org. The federal government is relying on secret shelters to hold unaccompanied minors impossible violation of the long-standing rules for the care of immigrant children. The Offices of Refugee Resettlement, the government agency that cares for unaccompanied minors, has never made the shelter's existence public or even disclosed them to the minors' own attorneys in a landmark class action case. We got secret baby jails. We're in the bad part of the history book right now. You know, like, oh, God, uh, what I forget what sketch show that's from. It's a very old sketch comedy show where the, the Nazis realize they're the bad guys. Like, there's actually a moment where they're like, are we the baddies? That's how I feel right now, where it's like, I mean, I knew, believe me, I knew before that that the U.S. government did 
um, illegal, immoral, horrific things. But whenever I see the phrase secret baby jails, I'm like, oh, no, it's us. And we circle back to us. We're it's us. Guys, that movie has so many layers. Can you go see it so I can talk with someone about it? Because I have so many feelings. Maybe I'll record a bonus episode. Would you guys like that? Let me know. Hashtag light trees and pod. So I can actually like give spoilers if you've seen it. Ugh, there's so much. Anyway, back to the story. It remains unclear how many total sites are under operation. So we don't. Okay. Let's just break down all the things we don't know. We did not know they existed. Right. Uh, we don't know where they are. Um, we know there are at least five in Arkansas, Florida, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, and Virginia, holding at least 16 boys and girls for the refugee agency, some as young as nine years old. It's a baby jail. (sighs) Minors being held at the clandestine facilities initially were placed at known shelters around the country. So, like, still bad, but at least we knew where they were. But later were transferred to these off-the-book facilities that specialize in providing for youth with mental health and behavioral challenges. Uh, Where are the baddies? I I don't see how you can... Well, I shouldn't say that. I, I was going to say I don't see how anyone could read a story like this and think we're not the baddies. But then you would have to value the lives of... um brown people and I know for some this is a challenge and they can't do it and they're kind of like well is it really a crime if they're brown and it's like oh boy Deborah, you're a racist all right do I have enough time for isn't it fun that I ask the same questions that I ask when I have a co-host when I'm by myself that's weird uh oh New York Times I'm not gonna pay to get past your paywall X out. Oh, let's talk about this fucking dum-dum. Okay. Pennsylvania State Representative Brian Ellis has resigned six days after a a woman accused him of rape. And so this is obviously a terrible story. Brian Ellis is a criminal uh, rapist. But the way the some press outlets were covering this was bananas and I say that because like for some reason they didn't want to say sexual assault or rape so they were saying stuff like had sex with a woman without her consent you mean rape and I understand why some newspapers some networks I actually all of them they all are afraid of getting sued but that's why you say allegedly to protect yourself from lawsuits And I know, you know, um, sexual assault advocates have a big problem with that phrasing, and I understand that. But that is truly all you need to do to avoid a lawsuit, for the most part. So if that's your fear, just put allegedly up there. Allegedly raped a woman. But to dance around the fact that this, you're defining rape. When, When you have sex with someone without their consent, that is rape. And it's 2019, and so many outlets are still doing this. It's really bananas. Um, I'm always, I'm still shocked by how how widespread that handling of rape stories is. It's like, can we drop this already? I mean, it's so fucking weird. Um, so Ellis, whose district is in Butler County near Pittsburgh, denies the allegations um, that he raped a woman while she was incapa- incapacitated. Uh, the investigation into the alleged incident is ongoing. In an announcement Monday, Ellis said he would resign effective immediately. Quote, it is with immense gratitude to the sacrifices made by my family, the support of my constituents, and the friendship of my colleagues that I have concluded that it is the best It is in the best interest of my family, the residents of the 11th House District, and my own health that I resign from the General Assembly. Glad he's taking care of his own health, aren't you? 
what a piece of shit. What a piece of shit. And listen, goes without saying that he's a piece of shit. But can we not be an accessory to a piece of shit by phrasing rape as sex with a woman without her consent? Just say rape. It's rape. Come on. So, <coughs> oh, yeah. Do I want to talk about this? <laughs> sure. So, Huffington Post has an exclusive uh, where they got a hold of leaked chat, chat logs uh, that have connected seven current members of the U.S. Armed Forces to a white nationalist group. Two Marines, two Army ROTC cadets, an Army physician, a member of the Texas, wow, Texas National Guard, and one member of the Air Force, all belong to an organization called Identity Europa, which will sound familiar to regular listeners of this podcast. We've talked a lot about Identity Europa which is listed by the Anti-Defamation League and the Southern Poverty Law Center as an extremist group. They sure are. They're very, very extreme. For years, Identity Europa members have used a server on Discord. Shout out to Discord. Uh, By the way, if you are a $10 a month member or higher at my Patreon, we have a monthly online hangout on Discord. I don't know if that was like a good time to plug that, but it just reminded me. So Identity Europa members are, my phone is blowing up. Uh, Sorry, guys. Identity Europa members uh, are on Discord, and they send messages to one another there. Last week, the independent media collective Unicorn Riot published the contents of that Discord server in its entirety. A largely anonymous network of anti-fascist activists reviewed the Discord logs using biographical details mentioned by Identity Europa members, most of whom posted under pseudonyms to uncover their offline identities. So they did a deep dive into this. Some hardcore investigative journalism. And building off that research, Huffington Post verified the identities of seven men currently serving in the military, which is just like a warm, cuddly thought. Sort of like um, when you think about how many white supremacists are police officers and segue smoothly from uh, serving as a police officer to going to, say, uh, Klan meetings or white nationalist meetings, um, racist circle jerks, really whatever tickles their fancy. Just really warms your heart thinking about heavily armed neo-Nazis. So, um, the, their messages on the Discord server indicate that they hold deeply racist and anti-Semitic views and participate in Identity Europa propaganda campaigns, posting stickers and flyers in cities and on college campuses. The Marine Corps, the Army, the Air Force, and the Texas National Guard confirmed to HuffPost that the identified men were active members in those services. After HuffPost inquiries, the military is investigating some of the men's possible ties to Identity Europa. Some servicemen were already under investigation as a result of previous tips. Oh, that's fun. What were those previous tips? Just like their neighbors calling in like, I really think this guy is an asshole and should not be in the Marines. Can you guys look into it? I think he's a racist. Um, The military is determining whether they violated rules. I think they did, guys. I think this has been confirmed regarding discrimination and extremist activity. Um, That's both of those things. Very discriminatory, very extremist activities. So I wanted to cover this because obviously it's like deeply disturbing, the idea. But also not that hard to believe, right? You're arming a bunch of bunch of uh, poor people, poor white people sometimes, and saying go kill brown people overseas, and that for some reason uh, appeals to white nationalists. Like you guys can connect those dots, right? You know why that would feel like a cozy, cozy home to a lot of racist people. I get guns and I get to shoot brown people, and it's fucking legal. 
well, you can't do that in the United States. I mean, yes, you can, sadly. But they'd probably, they'd probably at least maybe arrest you. There could even be a trial. But if you do it overseas, you're a war hero. Neat. So not surprising, but um, just another thing to like keep you up at night, which is really what I think the purpose of the bad news section is. I would like to haunt your dreams is my goal. Um, I think I'm in a weird headspace right now because I just saw us. So literally all I can think about is like, what is my doppelganger doing right now? Uh, is she uh, is she doing a podcast? Is it a good podcast? Does she have a co-host? I don't know. Do you think she does? I hope she's doing well. What if her, her podcast is amazing? She has like a ton of sponsors. Yeah. That's some fucking bullshit. Uh, guys, Penny update. She has given up hope and is scowling at me from inside of her cone, which hopefully can come off on Monday, Penny. I'm pretty sure that Penny thinks that is what her head is like now. And she's like, well, I'm one of the cone cats. One of them cone cats. And I keep trying to convey to her, like, the concepts of time. And I'm like, three more days. And I, I you know, cats don't get days. Cats don't get time. So I feel bad for her is what I'm saying. Um, guys, that was a whole lot of bad news. But guess why it's okay? Here's your good news. All right. So I know that I talked about this on a previous weekly recap episode. But I really think it bears repeating just because it's frustrating, but also it makes me hopeful at the same time. So New Zealand, uh, we we covered this on the show. There was this uh, horrific uh, terrorist attack in New Zealand where Muslim people were targeted um, and brutally slain while they were at mosque. And this is like a familiar, sadly, a familiar scenario, right? F 50 people killed in a mass shooting. This happens all the time in the United States. And we're so conditioned to be like, and now their politicians are going to come out and say thoughts and prayers and do nothing. Instead, New Zealand used common sense and banned military-style rifles, which is the correct response to something like that. New Zealand Prime Minister uh, Jacinda Ardern announced that the government will ban military-style semi-automatic weapons and assault rifles, and then went even further than that and also banned high-capacity magazines and gun parts that can be converted into a semi-automatic weapon or can cause a gun to, in any way, mimic semi-automatic gunfire, which is something we're dealing with in the United States right now, you can buy something very cheap called a bump stock that will convert a gun so that it behaves like a semi-automatic gun and can get around gun laws like that. You can, I mean, Walmart used to sell them. You could get them for like nine bucks and you can, you go from killing a dozen people to killing a hundred people. Um, in a very, very quick, quick manner. So I, th this is like, I have a lot of feelings about this because obviously I'm putting it in the good news section because it's like, right, this is how a responsible government behaves to a terrorist attack, like what happened in New Zealand. But at the same time, it's extra frustrating because it, it shows us in the United States that's possible, and that could be how our government responded were they not in the pocket of the NRA. So it's encouraging, but it's also infuriating because <laughs> our politicians are useless. But I'm encouraged because um, 
people are connecting these dots quicker and quicker, it seems like, where we see New Zealand, we see what society could be like, and people are getting very angry, where especially young people who are, you know, becoming victims more and more in their own schools because of mass shootings. And, and they're rightfully very angry about how the government has failed to respond to this crisis. So young people seeing what's happening in New Zealand are like, hey, what the fuck? If they can do it, why can't we do it? We can do it. You're choosing not to do it. And I think for so long we were complacent because it just seemed like, well, we live in America. This this is an American problem. Uh, it's always going to be this way. And and when you see a glimmer of a possibility that it doesn't have to be this way, people get fucking mad because they're like, hey, why did my schoolmates die if we don't have to live this way? Which is a great question. <laughs> um, you know, and, and people like David Hogg and, and uh, Emma Gonzalez are asking those questions where it's like, why are things the way they are? And that's a critical first step towards change. So, yeah, good on you, New Zealand. I also wanted to thank um, the entire country of Finland for making Nikki Haley look even more stupid than she does on her own on a daily basis. So Nikki Haley, who, just to remind everyone, is a former U.S. ambassador to the U.N., got a beautiful lesson in social democracy and the quality of life in Finland. Uh, so she took to Twitter uh, to go after Bernie Sanders. Uh, I, I can't really understand why she was replying to a, a two-week-old Bernie Sanders tweet that lauded the low cost of childbirth in Finland as compared to the United States. So she gets on Twitter and responds to this and says, all right, at Bernie Sanders, you're not the woman having the baby, so I wouldn't be out there talking about skimping on a woman when it comes to childbirth. Trust me. Nice try, though. And then she follows up. Healthcare costs are too high. That is true. But comparing us to Finland is ridiculous. Ask them how their healthcare is. You won't like the answer. So apparently Nikki Haley didn't realize people in Finland can see her tweets and also respond to them. And what happened is um, an amazing Finnish response. So Amelia Hootenen responded, <laughs> It's awesome. Thanks for asking. Expecting my third child and once again enjoying free prenatal care. Looking forward to giving birth. I can get a natural birth in a tub epidural, C-section, or anything else for the same 30 to 60 euro. Uh, someone else said, our daughter was born two months prematurely, spent three weeks in intensive care, and my wife was hospitalized for two weeks. Cost something like a couple of hundred euros. I feel sorry for all the not rich people in the United, United States. Somebody else responded. Um... We skimp on pregnant women's health so much that the infant mortality rate is almost three times higher in the U.S. than in Finland. We skimp so much on pregnant women and the newborn that every pregnant person receives a maternity package, or if they choose, cash, filled with clothes and other goodies for the child, for free. Someone else responded. My heart surgery in Finland cost 60 euros. So, like, think $60, basically. Uh, when my son was born, I had to be in the hospital for three weeks. It didn't cost me anything. Because of my high-risk pregnancy, I was checked by a doctor once a week for free. Another person. Due to a heart defect, I need a pacemaker to live. In the U.S., the cost for the device and surgery is usually between... $20,000 and $70,000. I paid 60 euro. I've had to live, I've had to have five now. So in the U.S., that could be over $350,000. I owe my life to finish health care. And it goes on and on and on, everybody. One 
Finnish person after another handing Nikki Haley her own ass because she doesn't understand the healthcare system or the fact that the U.S. has a very broken healthcare system and is the laughing stock of the world. Uh, so hopefully she read some of those. Hopefully it's sunk in a little bit, but probably not. Probably not at all. Um, I also wanted to shout out, well, I guess I want to shout out the idea that people are seriously talking about getting rid of the Electoral College. I think that's great. Specifically, I have an article up here about Elizabeth Warren really running with that message. Um, but I think it's important we we talk about the Electoral College and actually what it is. Because for too long, it's been misrepresented as being this sort of like leveling system that makes it so small states don't get squashed by big states. Uh, and really what it is is a, a holdover from slave states. Um, it, was, it was one of the ways that the North appeased the South, basically, where they were like, listen, you can't keep the slaves because we keep telling you you can't own people anymore. But shut up, you babies. We'll have the Electoral College so you won't feel like you're getting steamrolled by the bigger states. That's really what it's about. So it's been good to see people sort of be honest about that and also acknowledge the fact that the Electoral College is anti-democratic. If the idea is everybody w has a vote that matters, right, the Electoral College is anti-democratic. How do we know that? Well, candidates that are winning the popular vote are losing the presidency. 2016 is our, our most recent example of that. Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. Hillary Clinton won the Democratic vote because she got the most votes. That's how elections work. <laughs> but this thing called the Electoral College called it for Trump. Anti-democratic. That was basically slaver states winning Trump the presidency. Weird. That, that's silly. We should not have that. So uh, I, I'm glad that people like Elizabeth Warren are out there. Uh, she said she was at a CNN town hall at Jackson State University, which is a historically black college. And she said every vote matters. And the way we can make that happen is that we have national voting. And that means uh, getting rid of the electoral college. Um, I believe we need a constitutional amendment that protects the right to vote for every American citizen and make sure that votes get counted. We need to put some federal muscle behind that, and we need to repeal every one of the voter suppression laws that is out there. Which just reminds me, hey, oh, this is Allison. Elizabeth Warren is no longer talking. Remember when the Supreme Court was like, we don't need voter protection anymore? Racism is not a thing anymore. And then a bunch of red states started doing screwy things like making it harder for black people's votes to get counted. Oh, it's almost like we still needed those protections. Hmm, interesting. Um, yeah, so I, I would like to see the Electoral College done away with. I don't know how many more elections we're going to have where the candidate who wins the popular vote loses the election. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but... um. That frustrates people <laughs> and makes them not have faith in the electoral system. Because why should they have faith in a system where the votes don't matter? Why are we voting if the candidate who gets the most votes does not win? People lose faith in the system. People lose faith in the government. I think, I mean, uh, Congress has historically low ratings. It's one of my favorite tidbits to drop, but I'm going to drop it again. The concept of communism is polling higher than Congress. That is how unpopular Congress is. People have to believe in elections. They have to believe in the government. They have to believe that there's, there's not corruption, that people will be held accountable. This is why people are watching the Mueller report really, really closely or waiting for it. Because people want to believe there's going to be consequences for illegal actions. And more and more, they're seeing that there's not consequence. If you are rich, 
if you are privileged, you can buy your way out of any situation. And if people lose faith in institutions like that, society cannot exist. Um, oh my God, are we in the good news section? <laughs> I do think it's good though. I do think it's good because, you know, people are seriously talking about this now where it's like, I feel like it was always sort of on the periphery where people were like, hey, the electoral college is stupid. But now it's like a mainstream talking point where it's like, we should get rid of this thing. Um, and I guess that's the good news of, you know, I, I, I always talk about how Trump was the backlash to Obama, but now we're living in the backlash to Trump. We don't know what kind of consequences we're going to see for Trump's extremism. Maybe one of those consequences will be get banning the Electoral College, right? Because that would be a backlash to Trump. So there could potentially be good things that come out of this. Uh, that's not to say, like, I don't like looking for a silver lining under a fascist administration, because really the bad far outweighs the good, but that could potentially be a good thing that comes out of it. Uh, I also wanted to shout out the Democrats who are avoiding going to uh, APAC. So... Senator Bernie Sanders said that he has no plans to attend uh, the APAC conference and that, according to his policy director, he's concerned about the platform APAC is providing for leaders who have expressed bigotry and oppose a two-state solution. Um, earlier, journalist Peter Benar uh, revealed that Elizabeth Warren is not going either. Kamala Harris told Politico she would play no role in the conference either. Former Housing Secretary uh, Julian Castro also not planning to attend. Uh, Beto uh, will not be there, according to his senior advisor. Representatives for other top Democratic presidential candidates, including Kristen Gillibrand, Amy Klobuchar, Cory Booker, Tulsi Gabbard did not immediately respond to HuffPost's request for comment. But I think it's really like, I think even like five years ago, you would not see prominent Democratic candidates avoiding APAC like this. So I think that's an encouraging sign that they don't feel like they can attend APAC without giving the appearance that they are implicitly approving of the horrific treatment of, um, of Palestinians. So I think that's encouraging. Even, even if it's like not, you know, as, as militant of a response as we'd like, I think this is how it starts, <laughs> where it's just like, oh, I cannot go to APEC an APAC conference, because you know how that'll look, and I'll get so much criticism for it, it's easier to avoid it. So, um, yeah, this is this is basically, whenever I seem like I might be praising a politician, I'm actually praising the activists <laughs> who have made it impossible for Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, and Elizabeth Warren to go to APAC without a huge backlash. So, good on you. You done did it. Guys, Thank you so much for listening to this episode. How was it? How was it just listening to me ramble for an hour? And she did an hour on her own. What are our thoughts? Hashtag light trees and pod. What are you watching right now? You can talk to each other in the, the hashtag as well and give each other recommendations. That's one of my favorite parts of the online hangouts. Watching you guys talk to each other and give recommendations and talk about what you're interested in. It's so much fun. Please go to patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. Watch my short. Hum. Leave a comment. What do you think? Thoughts, feelings, desires? All good. Share away. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram. You can follow uh, Light Treason at Light Treason Pod on Twitter, on Instagram. Go like us on Facebook. Some people are like, why don't I see your posts more? Well, the algorithm 
doesn't see you interacting with the posts. So it, it won't show you the posts. But if you like the posts, you'll see the posts more. Isn't that cool? Isn't that creepy and disturbing? Welcome to 2019. Welcome to hell. Thanks, guys. Have a wonderful weekend. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. Right, Penny? <laughs> <laughs>